0: Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I am the founder and CEO of Mara Poling and I'm happy to be with you today as we discuss the key metric in multifamily real estate and that is NOI, net operating income. NOI is the key to understanding the health of any asset. So when you're looking at making an investment, maybe with a firm like Mara Poling, or making an investment on your own in a piece of commercial multifamily real estate, you wanna look at net operating income. Net operating income, just a little backstory for some of you that might be joining us that haven't heard us talk about NOI before, or that aren't familiar with all the terminology that we use in the multifamily real estate space. Net operating income is revenue, so tenants pay rent, they also pay maybe some additional uh, fees, maybe they pay some pet rent, or there's income from a laundry on property or something like that, so you have all that income, and then you subtract the expenses, things like property taxes and the gardener and uh, insurance for the property and the like, and you're left with net operating income. Net operating income does not include or is not impacted by interest expense, by depreciation or amortization, other tax-related items in that regard. So one of the ways you can think about NOI, especially if you're a stock guy, right, or gal, so if you're in the mindset of how you invest in equities, uh, NOI is EBITDA, Earnings Before Interest, Taxes, and Depreciation. One of the reasons NOI is such a valuable tool is because it's above all those other items in terms of its uh, where it shows up in the income uh, statements, because it's above those items, above the line, if you will, or actually where the line gets drawn. It's a wonderful tool to be able to compare the performance of one asset to another asset to another asset, because you're not looking at how the investment is structured. If you're looking at how an investment is structured and how an investment going to perform, then you're going to look at some of those other items. You're going to look at things like debt service, which would include obviously the interest expense, uh, as well as a host of other factors, how much capital has been deployed uh, to acquire that NOI, right? And those are absolutely important in understanding how an investment is performing and forecasting how an investment might perform over time. To understand whether or not you've got a healthy asset, and how the asset itself is performing, that's what NOI is for, and that's why we wanna take a look at it. When NOI goes up, then the value of the property goes up. And the reason for that, as we've discussed before, is in the commercial real estate space, value is not a function of comparable assets nearby, right? So if, if we're looking to purchase a property and uh, the seller wants $100,000 per unit, and we look at all the comps nearby, and everybody else has been selling for $100,000 a unit. Oh, well, gee, maybe that's actually a fair price. No, and we actually don't make that comparison. What we look at is how much NOI are we purchasing, and what have other people been paying for that amount of NOI, and that is the cap rate, as we've discussed before, that's the term we use for that. But when we look at all of that, the cap rate is effectively a function of the marketplace we're in for buying and selling assets. If you're in a marketplace where there's a fairly consistent amount of sales activity, meaning sellers coming to market, and a consistent level of investor demand so people like us that wanna buy assets, then the cap rates are gonna remain relatively stable. And that's the environment we've been in for a few years now, at least, and are forecasted to be in for some time to come. So if that's the case, then the movement you're gonna see in values, in prices of assets, is because NOI is growing. So if you wanna grow the value of an asset, which ultimately translates into equity growth and is a is the driver of wealth creation in these investments, then you wanna grow NOI. The other item that NOI drives significantly is cash performance, operational cash flow. So where does operational cash flow come from? Well, let's think about it. Tenants pay rent, so you have all that income that I talked about a minute ago, and then you subtract the operating expenses, okay? So that's NOI. Then you subtract the other cash expenditures things like debt service. That's gonna be the largest one. And then there may be some fees that get paid, some management fees or some other expenses along uh, those lines. And you get down to the operational cash flow, what the property is actually throwing off in the way of uh, cash. And then you're gonna have some set-asides, right? You'll set some money aside for uh, capital improvements, uh, just the standard capital reserves, those kinds of things. So once you purchase an asset, your debt service is effectively stable. You might have a a loan that has some adjustments uh, to it, but generally speaking, even if it did, you're still talking about within some range that you're gonna see that uh, performance. Uh, And the fees generally are gonna be fixed if there are fees or other expenses that come through there. So you're not really gonna be moving those items. The item that you can move is again, NOI. So for increased value, Increased equity growth, the wealth creation driver, and for improved cash performance, improving NOI is the way to do that. So, how do you move NOI? Well, let's let's start kind of at the bottom of the income statement and work our way up. I think that's a, a healthy way to do it. A lot of times people start with the revenue side. Let's start instead on the OpEx side. So Our underwrites at Mara Polling, and by the way, if you've got any questions about any of this or would like to uh, discuss any of this in some detail, uh, I am always happy to chat. Uh, I get a chance every week to speak with a number of uh, our uh, loyal listeners, and if you count yourself amongst them or a new listener and still would like to uh, chat, please uh, reach out to me. You can shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. That's M-A-R-A dot where or you can swing by the website, maurapolling.com. Uh, in particular, visit the Learning Center. Lots of good material there. And um, all of that uh, uh, will help in your understanding of this particular uh, bit of uh, discussion around NOI. So again, let's, let's go back. So we're going to talk about operation, uh, operating expenses to start with. When we underwrite operating expenses, we underwrite a certain amount of growth every year. They're going to go up. Our property taxes are gonna go up in the markets that we're in. That's that's uh, something that is forecastable. Uh, our cost of insurance is gonna go up. The cost of certain services will go up over time. Our labor costs will increase, so on and so on and so on. So we forecast what that increase is going to look like over the course of our hold period, five years, eight years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is that we're underwriting for that particular uh, asset. So there's three ways that we could improve operating expense performance. And obviously, this is done on an individual line item basis, right? So it might be, as we said, it might be landscaping services or utilities, or it might be uh, property taxes or property management expense and so on. So one is you could simply slow the rate of growth, right? So instead of growing at 2% a year, you could keep that line item to a point where it only grew at 1% that particular year. Uh, Or you might even be able to hold it flat, right? And not have any growth at all. Uh, That might be a function of maybe negotiating a a longer term contract with someone of, okay, we'll have you do our, our lawn service, our landscaping for the next three years, we're gonna agree on a price now, and that's gonna be a fixed price for the entire three years, right? So you could do something that looks like that. And you might even be able to reduce it. Again, it could be taking some service that we're uh, purchasing, like insurance is a good example, and taking it out to bid. And we do that on a portfolio basis. We'll take all of our properties together and go out to the, the marketplace so that we can get the very best pricing that we can. And we may actually be able to reduce those costs. So part of why that's so valuable is holding the line on operating expense, slowing that growth, maybe by again, having some line items actually reduce, some others stay flat and some grow more slowly. Overall, that's going to slow the growth of operating expenses, which means we're going to increase that delta, that gap between revenue growth and OPEX growth, and that's gonna drive incremental NOI. So that's one of the ways we can move NOI. The next would be looking at other sources of income. And in particular, we're talking about other sources of income that are derived from additional value-added services or realizing value from services that are already being provided. So these could be things like assigned parking or covered parking or pet rent or um, other fees along those lines, laundry, um, washer-dryer rentals, the like. We're not interested in trying to grow some of the other income items like late fees late fees are a source of other income. That's where they show up in the financials. We don't wanna have more late fees. We understand there's gonna be a certain amount and that's appropriate, right? At any given point in time, tenants will occasionally pay their rent late and there's some late fee that goes with that. And that's fine. That shouldn't be a source of income for us, right? We shouldn't be looking at having a healthy property by having a larger NOI because we have a bunch of tenants Uh, that simply cannot pay their rent on time and that number gets larger and larger and larger. That's not a sign of a healthy uh, property. So we're talking about the uh, incremental value add components of other income. And again, that could be new items, right? So we could decide, you know what, other properties in the market have moved to assigned parking, we should do that too. And we could implement a program and then you'd have some incremental rent Uh, income that you would see from that. It could also be simply the growth of those other lines, right? So it could be uh, changing what the month to month fee is or changing what the uh, charge is back to the tenants for a valet trash or pest control or whatever it might happen to be from that standpoint. The next part of the income statement where we can play with and drive NOI is vacancy. And again, that's that's Big vacancy, that's effective vacancy, it's total vacancy, it's, I'm not sure what your word everybody wants to use for it, but it's the all-encompassing vacancy, which has the three components to it, right, of physical vacancy, right, so how many units are actually empty, bad debt, how many units are filled with people that aren't paying you, and when they move out, you're not going to get that rent, they're not going to pay you back. Uh, And then concessions, Um, what kind of little discounts and deals are we having to put out there to entice people to move in to units such that while they're in a unit and the unit is occupied, it's not occupied at the full rent that we expected it to be occupied at because we gave someone some kind of a deal. All of those items make up vacancy. And while it's important to work on those items individually We all need to keep in mind that you can move the problem, quote unquote, from one line to the other, and it's still a vacancy issue, right? So, for example, we could let tenants stay in the property, not paying rent, and those units are not vacant, right? When there's physically someone there, so those don't show up as physically vacant. And they don't show up as bad debt because you don't realize bad debt until someone moves out. So how do you know that? Well, you go take a peek at the balance sheet, right? The balance sheet's gonna tell you if you've got a lot of receivables from tenants. If you do, then you've potentially got some bad debt sneaking around on the balance sheet that's eventually gonna come home to roost. So those are some of the things we'd be looking at, for example, when we were uh, assessing the uh, health of an asset we're looking to acquire. So you can drive a significant improvement in net operating income by improving one two or all three of those line items. So by having more units occupied, by having more units occupied by tenants that are in fact paying their rent and you're not in a bad debt situation, and by having modest, appropriate, relatively low levels of concession. There's always gonna be some amount of concession, it's just the norm and what goes on in the the industry, Um, but a manageable number, right? So that's gonna drive NOI now what's nice about that item uh, and really more so than other income because other income can be challenging to move in any significant way is there's a lot of power in these numbers in moving these these uh, vacancy numbers when you make improvements in vacancy all of that improvement all those dollars are going to fall straight through to NOI there's there's not really any incremental cost. It's a very, very, very minor amount of incremental cost at the property management level because it's a fee based on income, but that's it. Uh, To the point where it's really an insignificant number. So you're talking about 100% of that money falling all the way through to the NOI line. And it's a very powerful lever uh, because you're dealing with the, the, the rent numbers, the average rent numbers. Whereas in the other income side, you might be dealing with you know, $5 a unit for pest or $20 for valet trash or $25 for assigned parking. Here, you're dealing with 700, 800, 1000, 1200, whatever the amount is of actual rent. So if you can make improvements in this overall vacancy line, you're really gonna drive the NOI number significantly. And then the final line item, obviously that can be a, a driver and it's certainly a significant one it is the rents themselves, right? how to drive rents so uh there's two factors that do that there's the normal movement of the market, so when you look at a market, rents over time are going to go up um at any given point in time. you could look at the last twelve months and you'll and you'll see some kind of rent movement that rent movement um Could be part of a spike or it could be part of a trough. So, looking over a longer period of time can be healthier. So, over two or three or four years. And um, keep in mind that that rent movement, when you look at a market, is the gross rent movement. And that would include value add rent movement. So, what I'm talking about right now is the actual core rent movement that the market simply goes up by. The markets we're in have generally been uh, north of 3% and fairly significantly above 3%. We underwrite at 3%. We think that's a healthy level to be at for the markets that we're in, and the markets do grow faster than that. So you've got that kind of rent movement. So as I said before, if you've got rents moving at 3% and OpEx at 2% or less than 2%, you're you're gaining on NOI every single uh, period. Additionally, there's the value-add component, and we do value-add investing. Again, if, you, if you'd like to see some examples, I, I believe we've got a webinar online you can go uh, check out uh, at the Learning Center at marapoling.com uh, about value-add, and we go into some of the value-add math. But we'll make an investment in capital, and that investment in capital is then going to drive a 10 15 20% movement in rent. That's the range that we'll typically target for our value-add kinds of assets. That's going to move the NOI considerably. So when you're looking at the health of an asset, again, not an investment, right? So I'm not talking about how to assess an investment. We, we've had sessions like that, and we'll have sessions again in the future, uh, where you're going to look at things like the amount of capital that's invested and the kind of leverage that's used and a whole bunch of other uh, interesting components, but even there at the core is, do you have a healthy asset? So if you wanna know if you have a healthy asset that you've invested in, or if the firm you're working with, like Mora Polling, is investing in quality assets, then you wanna look at and understand NOI, and you wanna see how that sponsor, how that investment partner that you're working with, how they understand and manage NOI, because growth in NOI is what's going to drive cash performance, it's what's going to drive the increase in value, and therefore equity growth, and ultimately be the engine of wealth creation for you. I hope today's session has been valuable, and that you, um, <clears throat> pardon me, and that you um, have enjoyed uh, the few minutes that we've gotten to spend together talking about net operating income. If you have questions, please send me an email. If you have thoughts about topics you'd like to hear us discuss, please send me those as well. That's pat at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please join us again next week for our next episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polling.